Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to a Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes and this afternoon we are all set for the big one. It's a Glasgow derby, Celtic versus Rangers. It's at Celtic Park and you've seen the images all morning coming through uh, with the park covered in snow. It's been cleared up and from inside the park it would appear that everything's good to go and I'm glad in many, many ways. Oh yeah, it would be nice to be facing Rangers with uh, a fit, a badder, Hatati and Carter Vickers but... We do have two of those guys on the bench. Carter Vickers doesn't make it, as confirmed yesterday by Brendan Rodgers. Most of the Axon troops are either at the game or watching it in a CSC, which means you and I, you as the audience and I, as the only Axon contributor, will be uh, enjoying this game from start to finish. The comments are flying in. Loads of you um, were very early uh, up and about it this morning. So let's get some of your thoughts in about the teams. In fact, before I do that, let me read the teams out to you just in case you've not seen them. Celtic start 11 the same as the last couple of games other than Carter Vickers, who, of course, is injured, as confirmed by Brendan Rodgers. He will be out until after the winter break. Another injury for Carter Vickers. So Joe Hart starts in goals. Alistair Johnston at right back with Greg Taylor at left back. The two central defenders are Stephen Welsh and Liam Scales, with Welsh replacing Carter Vickers. Callum McGregor, obviously, captains aside alongside Matt O'Reilly and Paolo Bernardo in the uh, middle, uh, the Celtic heartbeat in the middle of the park. And up top, it's Maeda, Palma and Kyogo. We will be looking at each player in each area of the park individually and in more depth. We might have another Axon contributor popping in at some point and if things go well, we might even dial in some of the Aussie boys in their CSCs over in Melbourne. Uh, on the bench, Bain, Abada, Yang, Turnbull, Noroski, O, Hatati, Ralston, Mikey Johnston. That is, for me, the strongest bench we've seen maybe all season, but certainly for a long, long time uh, going into any game. And I think that there's a few interesting um, choices here. Noroski, for example, I asked during the week if Carter Vickers doesn't make it, um, I think we were all in agreement that um, Stephen Welsh had to step in. But uh, the choice of backup centre-half, I think, would speak volumes. 
because the fact that Lagerbjelk has not been selected in the squad would suggest that the reports around his future are true and that he will be leaving the club come the uh, January transfer window. It's an unusual one that I'm sure we'll be talking about at length maybe next week going into the January transfer window. We'll leave it for today. But he is out of the squad. He was a big part of the team, of course, that won at Ibrox. Uh, We'll come back to the Celtic team in a moment. Our opponents today line up as follows. Butland, Tavernier, Goldson, Balogun, Ridvan, Lundstram, Sterling, Cantwell, McCausland, Seema and Dessers. That is the starting lineup for Rangers visiting Celtic Park today with no fans in attendance. It is exclusively a Celtic area today. And uh, let me tell you, we had a discussion about that during the week as well. Jim Moore um, believes that these games should continue as is, whereby, uh, you know, at Celtic Park, it will just exclusively be Celtic fans and vice versa um, over at Ibrox. What do you think of that? I know that the atmosphere was incredible um, in the game where we won 3 nothing. Uh, I think we could have won 4 5 6 nothing that that particular night. Hatati, uh, it was a real coming of age for Rio Hatati to, uh, on that particular day. And when I look at today's game, I'm going to ask the question, is this going to be a coming of age for Paolo Bernardo? Different type of player, I get it. But this is the biggest game of this young man's career. He's come into Celtic as a loanee and I think we've had a a varied kind of success rate with uh, regards to bringing in people on loan. We've had some real duds and we've had some uh, players like Cameron Carter-Vickers, uh, Jota, Jason Denier, where it has worked out for us. Um, which category is he going to drop into? It's been hard to, to to know so far. He's not played a huge amount of football. But Brennan Rodgers, interestingly, started playing him in the Champions League games. Um, and when you look at the type of player that he is, uh, you know, the games tended to be a bit more open. We never came across or came up against a team in the Champions League who parked the bus, who played two uh, blocks of four at the back and just shot up shop and basically made it a frustrating um, evening for us. We never came up against a side like that. And we're not going to come up against a Rangers team like that either because obviously uh, there's a lot in the line today uh, in relation to the uh, outcome of the game. And I think that Bernardo has been primed for this particular game. He plays a very specific role and he breaks up attacks. He's a guy that's doing a lot of the kind of legwork for the likes of Matt O'Reilly and Callum McGregor, freeing up both of those players to become more of an offensive threat for Celtic. Um, I think we've already seen how good O'Reilly is in that respect this season. It's been a vintage one so far, which is unusual uh, talking about a player in his early 20s, but it has been his finest season in the hoop so far. you just got to look at the assists and the goals that he's scoring. We said all summer, the one thing he could add to his game that really would take him to another level is the goal contributions, and he's done it, and he's done it under Brendan Rodgers. Uh, people are saying he's the only player that has improved under Brendan. Um, I don't think that's 100% right. I, I would say maybe um, Liam Scales uh, is another one. And when we see the return of Abada and Hatate, I would like to see the result of Rodgers working with these guys for a prolonged period of time. But it's a massive game for Paolo Bernardo. There's obviously going to become uh, a time where we have to make a decision on the player, whether or not we make the move permanent from Benfica. You know, it's a hunting ground that fared as well with uh, Jota, who turned out to be an absolute superstar. Um, and of course, we are interested in a former Benfica left back who has moved on to Estoril. So I don't know what the contact is, the agent or who the agent is, but we seem to have an in 
um, to uh, Benfica players who have come through their academy. And uh, Bernardo, he's the type of player, yeah, I know he scored the other night, but you never finish a game thinking, wow, what a game he had. But as I said, a lot of the stuff he does goes under the radar. Um, and I think he's going to be huge for Celtic today. I really do. Uh, his own performance defensively, but also in freeing up McGregor and O'Reilly. We'll come back to the defence in just a second, uh, bringing up some of your comments here. How are you feeling about today's game? Are you confident? You woke up today, you looked out the window perhaps and seen a bit of snowfall. You thought, you know what, this might actually get called off. Um, not just because of the park. I'm pretty sure the park would be fine but obviously for the safety of those are travelling to the game. If there is a delay with the kickoff, we'll just keep chatting. We'll chew the fat until the, the whistle blows. Pat Morrissey, I tested positive for COVID on the 22nd. Still feeling like death warmed up. Need a win to cheer me up. Well, I hope you do get better, Pat, and hopefully Celtic and our performance today will go some way to helping you feel a wee bit better. Um, it is, it's rotten. I had a, a bout of it myself not that long ago, and it does knock you for six. So all the best to you. Chancer would feel a bit more secure. This will take us into the central defensive discussion because um, Chancer reckons if Big Rocky was starting, he would be feeling a wee bit more secure if only just for the, his height at set pieces. And I get that. Um, I, I think Stephen Welsh is listed at six foot plus. But... And uh, discussing that with Alan Morrison on the WhatsApp group, he was telling me that that's, that's not accurate. He's not as, as tall as that. We don't have, uh, we're not blessed with massive, uh, you know, defenders, I guess. When you look at the um, the left-back scenario with Greg Taylor, physically small guy, uh, not particularly athletic or well-built. I think on the right-hand side, we're pretty well um, equipped in that area with Alistair Johnston. Uh, and he loves a battle and he's a combative player. I've got absolutely no qualms about him going 50-50, toe-to-toe with anybody. And then in the middle, you know, Cameron Carter-Vickers doesn't have the height, but he does have that, that upper body strength, doesn't he? And he's got a deceptive turn of pace, Carter-Vickers. It's a shame, obviously, that he's not made it today. Uh, we're left with Scales and Welsh. I think Scales has shown um, aerially that he has got what it takes. Uh, when you look at the data in terms of balls won both on the deck and in the air, He's up there with Starfelt, and uh, Stephen Welsh is just you know one percent um, worse off than those two guys. So uh, you know that's something I was looking at again. Alan Morrison, uh, I've got to give him a shout out for that. He was looking at the performance data of our centre halves over the years, and he, you know this included guys like Julien, Chris Ayer, uh, Philip Benkovic, Juzo uh, Samunovic, Jack Hendry, Denaya Van Dijk, all these guys, and um, I think that Welsh and scales are sitting on the cusp of the kind of average uh, in terms of uh, duels, one either on the deck or in the air. So I think that answers your question, Chance. You know, they don't appear to be blessed with the height, um, but they are winning the ball. And I, I think that's very, very, for me, very important today because we've not been strong enough at set pieces, defending set pieces or indeed in an attacking sense. And I think Rangers uh, will try their utmost to be winning free kicks uh, in and around the final third of the Celtics half, uh, and they'll just try and flight balls in. Uh, that's what they'll try and do. They'll try and get us under pressure that way. And we will need to be alive to it. Lord Flashheart, uh, hopefully we Kyogo pops up with another goal against them today. Listen, I wouldn't bet against it. Uh, I'm going to give you my prediction right now before we, we go any further. My prediction today is a Celtic win, 2-0. And the goals will come from Kugo and Liam Scales. I think Liam Scales 
has had one of those incredible seasons that nobody's seen coming. If you did, then you should have put money on it because it was so unpredictable that Liam Scales is going to be um, a resurgent force in the Celtic team. Um, but it's great. It's great that he's doing it. You know, he's one of the, the first names on the team sheet at the moment. And uh, the centre-half discussion, I think, continues because what we now have is a situation where we were coming into this game and we knew what the, the first and second choice was. Uh, we, we knew that that was our partnership, Scales and Carter Vickers. And in recent times, uh, because of his inclusion against Feyenoord, we got wind that um, Brendan Rodgers rated Stephen Welsh as being the backup. And uh, I think his performances have been good enough. But then after that, it was difficult to know who the backups were behind Stephen Welsh. So I was interested to see the, the starting lineup today because it would have either been Lagerbjelk or Novroski on the bench uh, as backup to the central defenders. And of course, the big pole got the nod. So we've brought in uh, Lagerbjelk, three million quid, a uh, young guy, plenty of you know, room for development, I guess. He's a, he's a full international cap for Sweden. He won that award, best defender in the league in the Swedish Swedish top division last season. Yet, he is out of favour. Um, obviously, when you hear news sources talking about the future of a player, a signature, etc., um, you take you take it with a pinch of salt. But the report itself came from Stephen McGowan, um, who's a very credible source. And it just appears that the gaffer doesn't rate him. Now, that's fair enough. That's football. You see it all the time in all, all walks of life. January, there's going to be a huge amount of footballers who leave the club because the gaffer doesn't fancy them. Um, all over Europe, all over the world, that's football. However, I think where this one is a wee bit different is um, we've just bought him. And uh, Brennan Rodgers took ownership of the signings, didn't he? He took ownership of the signings in a press conference and also at the AGM. Um, so this kind of flies in the face of that, you know, uh, because if you're going to take ownership of the guy, he's your boy and you persevere with him. Is he that bad? Uh, uh, you know, from what you've seen at training, is he that bad that he can't be a Celtic player even in the future? Well, it clearly would suggest so. Joseph... Uh, McGonagall, hail hail from Plymouth uh, Keith Oakden also tunes in from Plymouth, do you know each other? Uh, I don't know how big Plymouth is, if that's a ridiculous question or not um, but let's have a look to see what you're thinking about today's uh, lineup today how you know how confident are you feeling? Because I think um, I think going into today's game uh, a massive, for me a massive positive is the fact that Brennan Rodgers uh, knows this fixture. He knows how to beat Rangers. I mean, he's beat them this season, but I'm going back also, obviously, to his first tenure at Celtic Park. And uh, the fixtures can chew people up, players, managers. We've seen it down the years, um, and spit them out. And they, they can't really adapt to the pace of the game, the intensity of the game, the atmosphere um, as well. And I think that that's happened to so many people over the past, on both sides, to be fair. Um, but Brendan Rodgers, there's, there's absolutely no doubt about it. He knows this fixture inside out. He's got a very good record in the fixture. He's coming up against a manager who, you know, the Scottish press would have you believe that he's got Rangers playing like Real Madrid. But um, he's a manager who has never been in this fixture. And uh, I think that is, if you're looking at margins and, and you're looking at advantages, that is certainly one of those. Um, I think also the home advantage would be uh, an advantage by virtue of that. In any case, However, you add the fact that it's exclusively Celtic fans and then that adds to it as well. And then you throw in the um, added spice of the Green Brigade and the, the boys' ultras also being part of the, the uh, crowd and building that 
atmosphere today. And I think that's another positive. Celtic haven't been at our best this season. We all know that. I mean, I thought Jim Orr spoke about it really well and in a balanced way, as he, he tends to do. And he was talking about the fact that we've just made too many mistakes at various levels, you know, from players up to the management team right into the boardroom. We've made mistakes this season. Um, and that's everything from team selection to man management to recruitment uh, to, you know, basic errors on the on the field of play. Uh, Lager Bielk obviously um, has been victim of that himself with the sending off against Feyenoord. You could bookend his Celtic career with those two games against Feyenoord, couldn't you? The sending off in the first game, the winner in the second game, and then he disappears from sight. Um, here we go. Green Litty, uh, welcome to the show. You are commenting on the YouTube channel. Welcome, everybody, regardless of where you're watching it. You could be watching this on uh, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, or even Twitch, if you are watching on Twitch, make a comment. We don't often see comments coming in from that platform. We're going to be streaming from uh, Instagram in 2024 as well. So let us know uh, your predictions for today, what you think about the start of living, and uh, how good it is to see Hatati and also Abada on the bench, and Navroski, to be fair. Green Lichty. Lundstrom's a hammer thrower. Yes, he is. Lundstrom is a the, the type of Rangers player Green Lichty that wouldn't have looked out of place in the game soon as side. You know, when they used to buy big, hard hammer throwers, uh, the Hurlock types. They, were not, they weren't fancy footballers. They weren't silky, uh, talented, technical players, were they? They just loved, you know, chewing people's ankles. And that's, you know, that came from Sunis, who was a phenomenal midfield player. Um, and I hated that side of him, actually, the, you know, the, the dirty side of him. And Lundstrom is certainly that type of player. But we need to be wise to it. I agree with you. Uh, try and sucker him into fouls. He doesn't have the pace, does he? Uh, and I think that we could definitely do it. Magical Music TV, welcome to the show. You're telling us Shanklin to Celtic. Yeah, the boy's had a good bit of form, isn't he? Um, and I think that you're always looking at players in Scottish football, um, outside the top two, um, who are probably performing at their best. And Shanklin is one of those players at the moment. My concern is, He's hit a purple patch, but he's done that all the way through his career. He really has. He, you know, he scores goals and then he goes through a, a period, and sometimes a period where he doesn't and he's off form is the entire period that he spends at a football club. Um, he's never played for a club the size of Celtic. Can he make the step up? I think that's the biggest question you need to ask about a player like Shankland. We've seen players um, from Scottish teams, oh, you know, you know, throughout our history. Obviously, but you know, I think even when you look back to guys like Derek Riordan, Derek Riordan was the best finisher in Scottish football when we signed him. Um, the way his career went, you, you, you tend to forget that the boy was absolutely phenomenal at Hibs. He came to Celtic, he couldn't step it up. Um, Lee Griffiths had a few seasons where he was prolific, but he's even spoken about it. If you watch some of the interviews he does now, where he's very much more of a reflective. Uh, individual when he talks about the step up to Celtic, you know he played with Wolves, he played with Hibs, but to step up to Celtic is a completely different beast. It's a different animal, and you know going back to the fixture and how the fixture can chew people up and spit them out. So can this football club. The expectations of this football club are so you have to win every game. It doesn't matter if you're playing Atletico Madrid, Rangers, Motherwell, or Ross County. There's an expectancy that we are going to go out there and compete and win the game. Um, and I don't think it's something that you can switch on and off like a light switch. That's why there's always this thing that the core 
of a Celtic team for me always should have people that have come through the ranks. We've got it right now. Um, I think that's why it's important to have players like James Forrest, who's not going to be playing every single week, that you can bring on and he might make 30 appearances, the majority of which come from the bench. But he's a player that has the mentality that is required to play for Celtic. There are better players than him at Celtic Park who won't get a game because they don't have the mentality. They don't have the mentality to to become a Celtic player and be a Celtic player 24-7. But when it actually matters on the park, how often have we seen it? Scott Allen, midfielder. I watched him playing against Rangers for Hibs and he was incredible. He absolutely orchestrated the game. He was a phenomenal talent. Comes to Celtic, doesn't work out for him. The same was happening with Ryan Christie until he got his loan deal to Aberdeen. He was disappearing. Um, and I think that that's my concern, going back to the original point, that's my concern with Shankland. I think if it comes to Celtic, you know, it, it, it's not as simple as he replicates the same form that he currently has at Hearts. He comes to Celtic, it's a completely different ball game for him. He's a tiny wee part in this massive, colossal machine, and he might not be able to make the step up. That is my concern. Yeah, he's having a phenomenal season, probably his best season to date, and it'll probably be his best season ever has, uh, but you don't just sign someone when they're on a purple patch, uh, because we've seen it in the past. People have been going on about Van Veen, no chance. He shouldn't even be in the discussion. Um, Zoics, Lager got away with it at Ibrox. People forget, did he? Did he really? I don't know. I mean, I, I watched that back and it was a foul. So he didn't get away with it, in my view. I think it was a wake-up call for him in the first couple of minutes of that game. Liam Scales also lost a header and I think that was uh, two of the most important uh, moments of that game. And it all happened within the first three or four minutes of the game. And it, it gave them both a wake-up call and they went on to have a very good game for Celtic. And um, I'm surprised at the way it's gone with Lager Belt. The gaffer obviously doesn't fancy him. Um, let's hope that he does fancy Novroski and it's just been a, a, an issue of match fitness and the fact that Scales obviously um, came through uh, unexpectedly. We've got uh, some support coming in from Leon L. Would you have Big Ange back for this game? If he wants to come and watch it. Aye. I'd have Neil Lennon as well. I'd have the both of them back. Uh, any Celtic man- I'd have any Celtic manager back at the club as a guest to watch this game. Absolutely. As long as they don't leave with Matt O'Reilly and Kyogo. Uh, Michael McDonald, here we go. It's all about O'Reilly today, 4-0. Matt O'Reilly has been Celtic's best player this season. I say that all season, um, and it wouldn't take a an expert uh, to, to see it. He's been absolutely phenomenal. He's one of these guys that's on a traje- trajectory, um, and this is the thing with him. He'll, he'll always want to improve, and he'll always want to challenge himself. There will come that point in his Celtic career, not yet, where he needs to do that, and he needs to go somewhere else, and that will happen, but not, not this season for sure. But yeah, he has been... The best player for me, there is no doubt about it this season. Um, and here we go. Christopher Patterson's not confident today, mainly because of the officials and the VAR. Yet, I mean, we, we, we talk about it on a regular basis. We have done since day one. And I think that, you know, when you're winning leagues and trebles and quadruple trebles, people say, how, how can it be that bad? How can it be that bad? Well, you do it in spite of the bad officiating, don't you? Um, and I think that when it comes down to um, being a win inside, it's important to pick up on the poor decisions that have been uh, awarded or not, as it happens. And I think that 
when you look at that incredible stat uh, whereby Rangers have not conceded a penalty now for 73 games in the league. Um, it's not an anomaly. I keep saying this. It's not by its very definition. It is not an anomaly. Um, an anomaly is one little key moment of of a, a graph where it goes up or down, and then you can explain that by uh, saying that, for example, it snowed that day and they made it to work. That's an anomaly. This is a trend, and it's a trend that's been going on for a long, long time. We're counting 73 games. There was 40-odd games prior to the the, the countdown that we've got at the moment. Um, Joe McAlinden, an absolute pleasure for you to be in the chat. Uh, check out Joe's latest album as well. You'll find him on the social media channels. Bernardo is a grafter. I'm sure he'll do fine today. No frills, just getting in about it. And you know this, there's a lot to be said about that. These old-school... Um, for me, qualities in a footballer that you know what sometimes I'm not even sure if it if it comes up on the on the data lists. What what is the metric? What is the criteria for one of these guys? You know, and, and often you need them in a a team to allow some of the more creative players to flourish. And I think Bernardo's that type of player. And um, even leading into the two games there against uh, Livingston and Dundee. Kevin McCluskey and I were asking a question, what does he bring to the table? What does he bring to the party? What is his role? Do we keep him? What's the transfer fee? Because I've heard everything from six to seven million quid for this guy. Um, and do you do you dive in and do you buy a player like that? And I don't think up to that point he had showed enough. I think in the Champions League games, he was one of these guys that just kind of, he, he bubbled on the kind of periphery and the edges of the game, uh, but he didn't do anything so dramatic or memorable that we would talk about him after it. And it's only after the game that you're talking to people like Alan Morrison, the guys that do the data, that talk about uh, the, the different areas of the park that he inhabits throughout a game. Um, the, the passing, I find this interesting for a team like Celtic anyway, the passing uh, from Bernardo generally doesn't go forward. Sideways passes, backwards passes. And it's about showing it up for Bernardo. Um, and I think that, you know, he's key. There's there's various games where I do not think we need to be playing defensive midfield players in a Scottish game, uh, the vast majority of them actually, but uh, there are other games like today, Champions League games, where I think he's going to be key. And I think, you know, if I'm going to say there's going to be a key player today, other than any goal scorers, it could well be this guy. Space Cowboy seems to believe uh, similar, expecting to see the real Bernardo today. Hail, hail. I think the very fact that he played in those two games was leading up to today. Space Cowboy, I think that the very reason that he wanted, uh, that Brennan Rogers wanted him in for those two games was almost like a prelude to today. It was a dress rehearsal. Um, absolutely. So, yeah, where else are, do we have any concerns? If any, I've spoken all week about the fact that we need to switch the wingers. So we need to put Palmo on the right, Made on the left. Made on the left for a couple of reasons. He's got to back up Greg Taylor, who... Uh, when we're defending, has been exposed all season. When we're going forward, like in the games against Livy and Dundee, Greg Taylor looks like a great footballer because he's good on the ball, very comfortable on the ball, good passer of the ball, can carry it. He's got all these kind of qualities of an inverted fullback because by its very nature, an inverted fullback is playing mainly as a midfield player on the edge of the midfield, and, he, and he's been doing that. But as soon as a team attacks us, I think his frailties are shown up. So you need Maeda in there because Palmer's not got that. Palmer's not got the defensive grit and determination and, and running and the qualities that you would expect um, from a modern winger. He doesn't have any of these things defensively, but Maeda does. So he goes over there to cover 
uh, Taylor, and I think that with scales on the left-hand side of the central defensive partnership, Taylor will be well covered. But also, you've got to nullify James Tavernier, uh, the man who scored about 300 goals from right back. So you've got to nullify his threat and Maida's brilliant at it. And I think that that is a given, that they will switch wings. I hope that they will certainly switch wings. There's a big discussion point around Kyogo, isn't there? Um, the very fact that Lawrence Shanklin's name came up here in the comments section is because we have been linked with a number of different forwards. Um, I'm still seeing us linked to Sidney Van Hooydonk. I mean, from Pierre's mouth, that isn't happening unless something has happened over the last month or five weeks or so. Um, and it just shows you that uh, people will take a story because Van Hooydonk and Celtic, it's a bit clickbait. You know, you're going to get people interested in that. They'll cobble it together and they'll put it out there. I read one yesterday um, that it might still happen. Can't see it. Don't know where they're getting it from. Don't know what the source is. But Big Pierre says it's not happening. Uh, we've currently got two uh, recognised strikers in Kyogo and O. We have been saying for two years since Joey Dawson came on in McDermott Park on Boxing Day two years ago that we needed three strikers at the club because at that time we had Kyogo, Yakamakis and nobody. And we had to bring on an 18-year-old that we had signed from Scunthorpe to play in the B team. We had to bring him on uh, because Kyogo got injured that day and Yakamakis was already injured. And since then, we have kind of ran uh, with the bare bones of it. Yakamakis left. We've not really brought anybody in. Obviously, there was that overlap between him and O. Ali Ko, I think there's lots of development there. He's a good impact player as well. Um, but we need three strikers. Shanklin's been mentioned. Um, and I've even seen my namesake, Lyndon Dykes mentioned, and I know that people would gasp and throw things at the telly at the absolute mention of that player. But, you know, it's a third-choice striker. Miofsky's another one. Fitzgarden's the guy that I like. Um, we obviously had a bid in for him at the beginning of the season that was knocked back. The player would be interested in the move, but we need to negotiate with his club, Bromby. So that's where we are. Yeah, we do need another striker. But today, Kyogo, I think that um, I've been saying for weeks when things, when the chips are down, you look at your core group, your experienced players, and you look at guys like Joe Hart, Carter Vickers, unfortunately, out today, um, Callum McGregor and Kyogo. That's your backbone of your team. And they've got the experience as well, and they've got to pull together, and they've got to be leaders in games like today. Kyogo has gone off the boil. There's absolutely no two ways about it. Again, it's a little bit puzzling because Brendan Rodgers is saying, I've not asked him to play a different way. However, when you watch Celtic leading up to that comment, he was playing a different way and the wingers certainly weren't serving him the way that uh, they had done last season and the season before. So play to Kyogo's strengths. Kyogo needs to step up as well and grab this game by the scruff of the neck. And I think we do have enough. We've got enough to see us through. Give us your uh, predictions. How are we going to do today? Um, because I think it's going to be a 2 0 win. It's not going to be comfortable, but we will. And, and you know, this is another thing. Uh, I've seen lots of this this week. Win this game and you win the league. I don't always subscribe to that. I don't buy into that, particularly when the game is, you know, halfway through a season. But there is a stat that says if you're sitting top of the league um, at the break, if you're sitting top of the league by the end of the year, you'll win the league. I think only once in the last. 14 years or something, that's not been the case. So if you're top of the league at the end of the year, you will win the league. Loads riding on this game. You are um, six, seven, eight hundred strong on the live chat. Thank you all for getting involved. If you haven't done so already, get subscribing to the YouTube channel. 
massive developments in 2024. But let's go to the action just now. Celtic versus Rangers. Thank you all for joining me and I'll see you at halftime on a Celtic State of Mind. Podcast Network.